This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello and welcome to episode number 101 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Miller Park as the crew still in the midst of this playoff chase, chasing that second wild card in the National League. And the Brewers putting up a 2-4 and four week here over the past week. A tough loss to the Pirates last Wednesday night. And then that big four-game series with the Cubs this weekend. It was one of the better series of the season. Just didn't come a with some of the results that the Brewers wanted, losing in extra innings on Thursday and Friday, winning in extra innings on a Travis Shaw walk-off home run on Saturday, and dropping the finale of that series on Sunday. After an off day Monday, the crew with a 7-6 victory over the Reds, and the week sounded like this. 0-1, hammer, deep center field, McCutcheon back, staring, 1-0 Brewers. Launch sequence initiated by Jesus Aguilar, his 15th, and the Brewers are up one. Here's the pitch, swung on, driven, deep right field. Back on it is Luplo, looking up, gone. Into the bleachers in right. It's another home run for Santana, his 27th, and it's 2-0 Milwaukee. 2-2 two, two in the eighth. Set to work. Here it is. Swing a line drive. Base hit to right. Here's Santana scoring, and the Brewers have the lead. How about that one? Eric Thames hit a rocket past Javier Baez, and the Brewers lead 3-2. Outfielders playing him deep as Arietta coming back. Hit in the air, center field, back Jay, still back at the track. It's off the top of the fence, and it is gone. Santana goes deep. It's 2-1. All those home runs in that 82 season. Swinging a drive to right and way deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and gone. Brett Phillips just hit a monster. Home run out of here and right, and it's three nothing. Brewers. Lackey deals again, and Vote sends one in the air to right and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and gone for Stephen Vote. And the Brewers now lead two nothing on a two out home run by Vote, his seventh of the year. And another Wisconsin Lottery Powerball home run. The stretch and the pitch. 
Shaw knocks one to the gap in left center. This is trouble at the wall. It is off the wall. Travis Shaw with a double has tied the game. And the pitch. Swing and a drive to left in the corner. It is a fair ball and gone. Orlando Arcia just hit one out of here, hooking around that pole in left field. Oh, man. He hit it so hard and hooking so big. One and all on shot. plenty of distance. And he knocked it out of here. And Davis, Davis tied. delivers. Swung on, hit in the air, left center, back half at the track, gone! The Brewers come back and win it in the 10th. A two-run walk-off home run by Shaw, and the crew beats the Cubs. So the crew just a game and a half back of the Colorado Rockies as we enter this final stretch of the regular season, just five games remaining. Two more with the Reds and then those three games with the Cardinals in St. Louis and a playoff berth is on the line. The crew is eyeing it, hoping they can finish strong here and put themselves in position for a little October madness with the MLB playoffs. All right, let's jump into it. David Stearns, the general manager who has put this team together, I had a chance to sit down with him last Friday and we talked about how this team's come together and what's in store for the crew. Let's break it down. Hello again and welcome to our monthly installment of the David Stern Show as the Brewers right in the midst of this final stretch trying to get themselves into the playoffs. What a fun year this has been. Um, I, I know you felt like coming out of spring training this team had a chance to be competitive and be right there and a lot of those pieces you put in place and you said if this happens and if that happens they've happened and, and now here we are in September with a chance for the playoffs. It has. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a group that has really rallied together, come together. We've had contributions from so many different players over the course of the year and as I think back about the year and what's gotten us to this point, it really has been so many different players from different parts of the team, many of whom started the year in the minor leagues, um, who are now playing a big part in this team as, as we finish off this stretch run in September. And so. Uh, that's a great feeling for the entire organization. Um, we've had a number of guys step up at different points, and, and it's allowed us to get to the point where we're playing very meaningful baseball right now. And, and that's where you want to be as an organization when you're playing meaningful, competitive baseball at the end of September, um, when you have a chance to go to the playoffs, when you're playing in playoff-like atmospheres in front of packed houses. Um, that's where this really gets fun for us, and, and we're going to enjoy this. You know, everybody is focused on the near term, which is trying to get into the playoffs, and that's what... That's what we do this for. That's what makes this so much fun. But at the same time, you have a big picture approach to it too. And regardless of what happens when this 162 is complete, just the opportunity to play in these games in September for these young players, how beneficial can that be down the road too? We're not talking about yeah. that as much right now because we're focused on the big prize, obviously. We're not, but, but that's a part of this. Mm -hmm. to, to have this type of energy, um, the intensity that really we've experienced now for the last two weeks, it's felt like... We've been playing playoff-tight baseball, playoff-caliber baseball since the middle of the month. Um, and that's invaluable for this group. We have a lot of young players, a lot of inexperienced players who have never felt this type of intensity. And they're responding to it really well. You, you look at some of the performances we've had so far this month from younger players who haven't been in the playoff hunt before, and it's really encouraging to all of us. And 
and it's something that they're going to be able to build and grow from. Well, tough news uh, last week with the surgery that was performed on Jimmy Nelson, of course, the injury against the Cubs at Wrigley uh, earlier this month, and, and I think everybody knew this was, this was tough news anyway. He was going to miss the, the remainder of 2017, and when they went in there, they realized there is a, a labrum tear. They had to do the surgery. And so tough news, obviously, but uh, this is a guy that is a competitor. He's yeah. a grinder. He'll be back, and, and you know you are going to get him back at some point in 18. I think that's just still being determined right now, correct? That's right. There, there's still a, a wide range of, of time frames here, and a lot depends on how quickly this rehab process um, goes. Jimmy's in a sling right now. He's not going to be touching a baseball for multiple months. Um, and how those first couple months of rehab, how his shoulder heals, um, will help us determine how long of an absence it's going to be next year. We do know he's going to miss uh, at least a part of next year. He's not going to be ready on opening day. Um, probably not going to be ready that first month. Um, after that, it's really a, a, uh, a, a sense of we'll see where this goes. Um, we know that Jimmy is going to work about as hard as, as, as anyone can to get back as quickly as he can. And, um, I wouldn't put it past him to surprise us a little bit. And the pitching is the theme for this year. The offense has had their moments and what a, what a first half they've had, and they've really started to swing it better as well here in September. And it's a very complete lineup, one through nine with good balance. That was one of your goals in the offseason. But the pitching has probably been the predominant storyline over the course of the year. This starting rotation, even without Jimmy Nelson in it, has continued to produce at a high level, and you've had these bullpen days, yep. and Craig's been able to press the right buttons and, and, and make this work. It, it's been un unbelievable how people have stepped up and helped that rotation not miss a beat when guys have gone down. It, it's been a number of different guys, and you know, you remember when we lost Chase Anderson yeah. for an extended period of time, and we were wondering how we were going to fill that void, and then Brent Suter stepped up, and then Brandon Woodruff stepped up, and now we've had bullpen days where different guys have stepped up. Um, it's been fun to watch. It's kept the entire team engaged. Uh, Craig has done a, a masterful job of putting these guys in positions to succeed, and uh, that's all we can do. And for the most part, our guys have responded well to these challenges, and, uh, and I, I suspect and, and expect that they will continue to do so. How big of a deal has it been to see Jeremy Jeffress get back to being Jeremy Jeffress? He, he gets yep. back to Milwaukee. There's something about this culture that you've created for him that makes him succeed because he looks like the Jeremy Jeffress that you traded at the deadline last year. He's comfortable and and for some players that's a big deal and and Jeremy knows that um, this is really home for him. He's got yeah. a lot of people who care about him here. Um, he cares about this organization, he cares about the people of Milwaukee and so he's performed at, at really an exceptionally high level since we've brought him back. Um, he's been a wonderful addition to our bullpen. Uh, he's always a lively guy in our clubhouse and, and a great teammate, so we're happy to have him back. You, since we last talked, made uh, the acquisition of Neil Walker, which has been um, a great acquisition for many different reasons. He's a great clubhouse guy, first and foremost. He, he's a solid bat. He's giving you some really good presence, specifically from the left side. And he's versatile, too. Uh, maybe didn't realize that as much about him when he was with the Mets and with the Pirates, but he can play all over the place, and he's done that for you. A lot of first base also this year. It's just helped Craig Council when he's put that lineup together every day. He does, and that's, that's clearly something we've stressed as an organization is having players who have the ability to move around. It helps setting a lineup. It helps moving guys during a game um, when you have players who can play multiple positions. Uh, Neil's done a nice job wherever we've put him, whether it's second, his customary position, third or first. Um, he, he's looked very natural over there. Um, he's got great baseball instincts, and he's been able to put those to use. How fun is it for you right now as the general manager of the Brewers? 
to be having conversations about, okay, who do we get set up to yep. potentially pitch in a wild card or a 163, or if we're in the divisional series to start, you're, you're setting these things up. You're starting to think about postseason rosters, and, and you got to get there first. But at the same time, you've got to be prepared for that. So you got to have those plans in place. Is it fun that it's that real that now you're having those conversations? It, it, it's a lot of fun. This is this is an exciting time of year when you're in it because yeah. obviously you have the the big news every day is is the game that happens every night and you're locked into the game. The entire organization is locked into the game. Um, really, we're we're up and down with every out, just like yeah. just like our fans are. Um, and then on top of that, you have the off-season preparation, which would normally beginning be right. beginning this time of year. So we're busy doing that. Um, you have individual matchup preparations every single night in, in a pennant race like this, where they take on some added importance. Um, and then you certainly have postseason planning to do. Um, should we get there? And, and uh, it's a lot to it's a lot to juggle, but it's all exciting stuff, and um, we're certainly enjoying it. David, is it easier or harder when you talk about postseason planning? You're juggling things now. Your eyes are on two balls yep. at the same time with the current team and building for the future. But at the same time, you have probably more answers in terms of who you feel like is going to be a part of this thing moving forward, who's going to fit into certain roles. So does that make it a little bit easier, even though you're maybe burning the midnight oil a little bit because you're, you're dealing with so many things at once? Sure. The, the more time we have with our core yeah. group of players, the more we learn about them. And we learned a lot about our roster last year. That allowed us to make some acquisitions in the offseason, and, and we're continuing to learn about our team this year. That will allow us to move forward as an organization as we enter the offseason um, after this season is complete. So uh, as young players progress, you learn more. Clearly, we've had a number of players continue their development in a positive way, um, have answered some questions, have, have proven that they belong at this level as part of a winning organization. And our goal in this offseason, just like every offseason, is going to be to supplement that core. Um, and, uh, and when we get to that, we'll... Uh, We'll certainly be ready to do that. And just to be clear, before last week, you already had Brett Phillips' arm at an 80 grade. Um, of course, of, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I tell you what, what Brett has shown, um, you know, really on both sides of the ball, I yeah. think has, has been impressive. His arm is is obviously what's gotten some headlines because um, it's among the best in baseball. But he's been a he's been a great contributor to this team. Uh, great personality in the clubhouse. We're happy to have him up here. Exciting news also uh, last week with the naming of the Brewers Minor League Players of the Year, Lewis Brenson, the Player of the Year, the Pitcher of the Year, Corbin Burns. And I think also exciting, here's a winning ball club. And those are two guys that aren't necessarily that far away from right. helping this team. Lewis Brenson did help this team this year. And Corbin Burns is a guy that finished in double-A and probably knocking on the door at some point to be at the Major League Club sooner than later. This isn't one of those three-year projects with a guy like Corbin Burns. I think that's right. And that's, that is one of the things that excites us is we have this group at the Major League level that has proven it can compete over 162. Um, and we have what we think are some pretty impressive talent coming behind it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the constant goal of this organization is to be competitive at the major league level and have players coming that you're really yeah. excited about. And um, that's not always the easiest balance to, to have, but um, for the moment we think, we think we've got that balance and we're going to look to prolong it for, for as long as we can. David, the uh, Fall Instructional League has begun, and of course the Arizona Fall League will begin on October 10th. So busy time from that standpoint, too. You have a lot of player development going on at Maryvale yep. right now with a lot of really young guys, some, of the, some guys that are in their first year as a professional. And, and I, I've talked to a lot of the minor league guys over the last year. A lot of these guys really talk about this time being important for them. They felt like they turned a corner yep. and set themselves up for very successful 
seasons the following year with what they got done in fall instruction. Yeah, instructs, it's a time of year that a lot of fans don't know about, and it kind of flies under the radar because it always happens towards the end of the season when teams are in pennant races and everyone's focused on the major league product. Um, but it's, a, it's the time of year where we take some of our, our better, younger prospects, um, put them in, in Arizona at our spring training facility with, with some of our best teachers um, and allow them to go to work. And it's probably the best coach-athlete yeah. ratio that we have um, all year for our minor leaguers. So there really is that individualized attention. There's one-on-one -on -one attention. Um, and uh, it's a good time to be, to be down there and learning. And, and so those guys are working hard. Um, they'll go through the first week of October or so, um, and then their offseason will finally begin. You have uh, Corey Ray, Jake Gatewood, Lucas Ersig, and Monte Harrison, the position players, going to the Arizona Fall League, as we mentioned. That begins on October 10th. And then from an arm standpoint, an interesting collection. Adrian Hauser, who you, you just want to probably get some innings yep. for, coming back off the injury. John Perrin is in that group. Nate Greep is in that group. And Quintus, uh, Quentin Torres-Costa also in that group. What is the rhyme or reason to arms the Arizona Fall League? I, I, there's probably a little bit of a science to that, right? you, you got to look at how many innings they pitched no over question. the course of the regular season. And do you want to overexpose them to other organizations too? That's right. So th there is really every player you send, there's, there's a balance. Arms, you have to be particularly careful, specifically from the injury risk and, and the innings perspective. Yeah. Um, the guys who we're sending have innings left. Uh, we want them to accumulate innings. We want them to be exposed to uh, some really impressive uh, prospect competition yeah. on the other side. Um, and so for those four pitchers, they're, they're going to see that. And um, all of those guys are prospects. Uh, all those guys have a chance to contribute at the major leagues in the not-too-distant future, and this will be a valuable experience for them. Well, David, we appreciate it. It is going to be a fun 10 days or so here uh, around Milwaukee and around the ballpark at Miller Park. Uh, let's finish it strong. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate right. it. David Stearns, Brewers General Manager with us here on Brewers on Tap TV. Checking in on the farm. As we go down on the farm, of course, minor league seasons have completed and fall instructs have begun and the Arizona Fall League will begin in just a couple of weeks coming up on October 10th down in Arizona. So what do we have for you on checking in on the farm? Well, we have some pretty significant news. We told you last week the Brewers minor league player and pitcher of the year, Lewis Brinson, the player of the year, Corbin Burns, the pitcher of the year, and they were at Miller Park on Tuesday night, introduced to the media, honored on the field, got a chance to take in BP, and I had a chance to catch up with the pitcher of the year, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns is our guest, the Brewers minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, we had a chance to catch up in spring training, and you were coming off a, a good half first season of professional baseball, getting ready for your first full professional season, and it seems like you hit the ground running and never really looked back. What was in your opinion, the key to your success this year? Uh, the biggest key for me was probably my command. Um, it was able, we were able to make some um, good delivery changes in spring training that was able to take into the season and was continued, continued to build off a strong base that we uh, had established in spring training and was able to go out every week with the, the best stuff I had and was able to continue that success all year. Go into detail, if you will, about the command change or the delivery changes that you made and how that impacted mm -hmm. your command. So last year and all through college, I. Uh, threw more out of, uh, it was basically the stretch for a windup, kind of like the Marcus Stroman, uh, the David Price look, and uh, was approached in spring training about possibly moving to a more of a tr traditional windup. 
and uh, yeah, I was I was all for it. And um, ever since we made that change, of it was more of squaring up to the plate. Um, you know, was compared a lot to Brandon Woodruff. Um, kind of the same stuff they did for him, they, they did for me, and it's translated well. And um, you know, was able to get into the legs more, takes more pressure off the arm, um, hold velocity deep into games, and was actually maybe got a, a mile per hour two bump in velocity, but um, it was able to to have a strong base with it and continue the success all year. You talked about the comparison to Brandon Woodruff. Your paths are kind of similar too. Have you discovered that? Is that something you've paid attention yeah. to? Yeah, definitely not. It's, um, you know, he had the success, you know, in Biloxi like I did, and um, you know, now he's now he's in the big league. So that's the that w that's the ultimate goal. But um, you know, I just got to take that one step at a time and you know, continue what I can this offseason. Sometimes when guys make the jump from A to, to A advanced or A advanced to double A, there's a little bit of a transition period. It didn't seem like there was a big one for you from A advanced to double A. Was there some things you had to change and you learned from a little bit more advanced hitter at the double A level, or did you just kind of go out there and keep doing your thing and the results kept coming? Yeah, the, the biggest thing was just the change in the hitters. Um, you definitely see guys have you know a stronger approach at the plate. They're you know they're they they're up there with the plan, trying to you know trying to you know hit a mistake basically. Um, but for me, I just had to tell myself that hey, you know it's still baseball. Go out there, pitch how you can. Don't pitch to them. P pitch to your strengths and. Um, you know, was able to continue what I had in Carolina, and you know, just had a, had a smooth transition to Biloxi. That was a really strong staff with a lot of different over the course of the year, a lot of different guys that had had different stories, if you will. Taylor Youngman, who had already been in the big leagues, um, Jorge Lopez, who has you know kind of changed his role a little bit now, pitching out of the bullpen. Luis Ortiz, who's one of the big prospects, Aaron Wilkerson, who had been AAA before. How did you take all those different backgrounds of what guys have been through in their professional careers and, and learn from them yourself and take that knowledge and apply it yourself? Yeah, so I was able to actually t you know, talk to lo those guys a lot. Um, you know, one of the best friends on the team was, was Aaron Wilkerson. So if, if he wasn't pitching, if I wasn't pitching, you know, we're always sitting in the dugout talking baseball, talking you know, talking pitching, how to how to get hitters out, you know, working counts, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's also talked to Jorge Lopez a lot. Um, you know, he, of course, he's got big league experience. Um, you know, missed missed Taylor Youngman. He was moved up as uh, yeah. as, as I was moved up, but um, and also got to talk to Taylor Williams, who's now now in the bullpen. Um, but it was it, it was good to talk to those guys. You know, those guys have been been around professional baseball a lot longer than I have. Um, so it's good to you know to pick their brand a little bit throughout the year and. Whether it be certain guys, certain teams, or just in general, you know, pitching, it was it was a uh, it was good, and I learned a lot from them. So, do you do you put your own goals on to next year now, and do you look at Brandon Woodruff and use that as your benchmark of what you want to see happen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think now's the best time to look at it. Um, you know, just just I've just been sitting at home, just you know, re relaxing, letting the body recover. So, um, you know, definitely, you definitely want to keep working up, keep stepping up. You know, whether it's Going back to Biloxi to start the year, Triple A, you know, whatever it is. Um, I know the Brewers have a plan for me, but uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to you know make it to the big leagues. You threw about 135 innings or so this year, your first full professional year. Do, do you feel that? Do you feel kind of the the weight of all those innings and take a deep breath and take a second to just kind of relax before you dig right into your off-season regimen? Yeah, yeah, you definitely feel it. You know, playing, you know, 50. You go from a 54-game uh, schedule in college yeah. to you know a half season last year to. You know the first full season, full 140 games. It's you know it's definitely a lot of baseball, uh, definitely a lot of innings. It's you know it's it's different too because you're on you're on, you're on the five day rotation instead of the seven rotation like like college. Right. So it's a uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but um, you know was able to you know, had a strong season. You know been home for a couple of weeks, at the body recover, and you know I'm I'm itching to get back already. And we're only you know big league season still going. So 
definitely ready to get back out there. What does this award mean to you? And was it even really something you thought about before the season began? Or is it something that you started thinking about once you got in the middle of the season and realized you were having a big year? Yeah, no, I just had no you know, no goal of getting this award at all. Um, you know, I just wanted to, to, to build off what I'd had in spring training and have a good season. Um, you know, it's, it's something you try not to think about during the season as well. Um, you, know, you start looking at stats and numbers and that kind of stuff, and things start to go awry. So um, for me, it's just going out and what I, can, what, what I can do every day is giving 100% on the mound and continue to work in between starts to, you know, to get better and look at that stuff you know, when, when they say, okay, you're, you're done for the year. Then you can kind of look back and you know, see, see what you did on that season. You've got the glasses. Those are popular. Do you think that's going to continue to be you know, kind of a trademark thing for you when you get to the big leagues? That, that'll be a fan favorite. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I got the contacts in today, but uh, no, for sure. That's, I think that's definitely part of the look that I've you know, kind of established here in my short year and a half, but uh, that's definitely something I'll, I'll continue to wear and you know, all the way up to the big leagues. Part of your brand now. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's part of Corbin. Corbin, we appreciate it. Thanks so much and congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Also had the chance to talk with Lewis Brenson, whom we've had on this podcast many times before. Of course, a part of the Brewers' season this year. There's a couple of call-ups for him in June and in July. A couple of home runs in that latest call-up in July. Lewis Brenson's going to be a really good baseball player for the Brewers for a long time. And we checked in with him on how everything's going so far. Here with Lewis Brenson, the Brewers' minor league player of the year. Uh, what an incredible honor, and, and so many great prospects in this organization. You played with a lot of them in Colorado Springs this year. You had to be thrilled to be recognized as the, the, the best of the best. Definitely, definitely. This is a great honor um, be recognized as Brewers Player of the Year. Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you to the Brewers. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a very humbling you know, honor to be named you know, top player in the, in the minor league system for the Brewers um, with so many guys that you know, are deserving this award. Um, you know, a lot of guys had great years, breakout years, and uh, just to be named, you know, uh, you know, player of the year, it's a great honor. You had a taste of Colorado Springs last year, so you come back this year and really hit the ground running there. Then you get the call up in June, you're up and down a couple of times, and in between there, you went and played in the Futures game. There was a lot packed into this year, okay. including, of course, the injury at the end, but um, was this like a growing season for you, or you feel like you had a lot of personal growth, just go getting to experience so many different things? Definitely. Um, I think, you know, this was one of the best seasons, you know, if not the best, because I made it to the big leagues. Um, that was the ultimate goal going into the year was to make it to the big leagues and, you know, accomplish that. It was a great, you know, great moment in my career. And obviously with the Futures game, uh, that was fun. A lot of fun being down there in my hometown down there. Uh, a lot of family and friends came to the game, got to see them. So that was a good time. And, you know, obviously with the injury, you know, that's unfortunate, but, you know, things happen and, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from it, you know, very nicely right now. And, you know, I can't wait to be healthy and, you know, looking forward to next year and looking forward to watching the, the rest of this playoff race. I remember your second go-round, you and I talked, and you said everything was so much slower when you got back to Colorado Springs after having tasted the big leagues. What was the second go-round in the big leagues like for you? What did you learn, and how were you able to apply that? Because you did have more success the second time around. Definitely. No, it was I definitely slowed the game down, I told myself, you know, it's the same game. Um, you know, it's still baseball. You know, guys are good up here. Um, you know, everybody knows that. But at the same time, uh, you can let the game kind of speed up on you up here uh, with all the cameras and you know, people paying attention to you. And, you know, you're on the biggest stage in the sport. Um, you know, but I just told myself it's the same game. You're the same player. You're talented. You deserve to be up here. You belong up here. And, uh, you know, definitely my first stint kind of helped me 
um, kind of refuel myself and, and to tell myself, listen, you belong up here. And I think I had a lot better at bats, maybe didn't get as many hits as I wanted to. Got the home run out of the way, so that was good. Um, got my first Cup Series out of the way. That was a, you know, it was a pretty uh, intense series, uh, very loud in there, very, you know, playoff atmosphere-esque. Um, but, you know, it was fun, and I definitely told myself to slow down a little bit, and the game literally, uh, definitely slowed down uh, for me a little bit my second time in the big leagues. You had um, defensively, you have to make that adjustment to the, to the, to the third deck, mm -hmm. which is always, it can be a challenge. You hear a lot of guys talk about that. Was it a big challenge for you, or was that an easier easier transition than you thought it would be? Uh, I think that was an easier transition. Uh, a little bit of a challenge is the roof here. Uh, obviously, in minor leagues, there's no roofs, there's no domes. Uh, so it's just the sky you have to deal with, which is a lot easier than you know dealing with a roof and you know stands and stuff. But I think that was an easier transition uh, than the off offensive side a little bit. Um, you know, I definitely take pride in my defense, uh, take pride in my instincts. I'm very confident in my defense. and. I think I showed it uh, while I was up here, and um, you know I think the third deck syndrome that people talk about, uh, you know, it could get to you if you let it get to you. And I told myself it's the same game. Uh, obviously, guys are hitting stuff harder up here. Uh, ball goes a little bit uh, further, especially in Milwaukee. Ball definitely travels a little bit, a little bit more. But you know, uh, you know, the grass is better up here, so you know, ground balls don't take as many bad hops as they do in the minor leagues. But um, I think defensively, I, I made the adjustment, you know, right away. I think. When you look at this team right now in the middle of a playoff chase and you, you were able to contribute to it, when you were traded a year ago, you might not have thought that this was this close for this organization. And now here it is. And now you know you're, you're on the precipice of being a, a, a you know, centerpiece or a big piece in, in, in future playoff pushes. What, does, does that motivate you quite a bit? Not that you weren't motivated previously, but to know, hey, look, when I'm here, we're going to be a part of winning. And it's not just going to be a part of, you know, taking our lumps as a young team for a few years and then hoping we can win down the road. Right. No, it, it definitely is. It's right now. Um, these guys up here, I knew in spring training, uh, with just meeting the guys and, you know, playing with them and seeing the, how much energy we had in spring and then coming up here uh, for the first time, uh, these guys are ready to win now. You know, there's a lot of talented guys in there. Obviously, we're young, not a lot of big names. You know, we get it. But. At the same time, you know, this team is ready to win now, as you can see, uh, being so close in the wild card chase uh, as they are. And, um, you know, I, I'm very excited to be a part of that um, in the years to come. And, you know, with the young guys coming up, Brett, Hayter, myself, Corbin, you know, congratulations to him on winning the Pitcher of the Year. Um, you know, Woody Woodruff, um, you know, we're, we're coming. And, you know, we're, we're very excited to be a part of what the Brewers have going. But... I think, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't expect us to kind of get going as we are now, but, you know, it's very exciting, and, you know, fans and everybody should be very excited for the Brewers coming forward. Hey, Lewis, real quick, how are things in Miami? Uh, you know, obviously with the Hurricane Irma, that was a terrible situation. A lot of people affected by that. Did Were you were you, were you you and your family able to come through that? Obviously, you were in Maryvale, but right. was your family able to come through with that without a ton of damage? No, uh, my mom actually, everybody's fine, cars, every house. Uh, didn't lose power. Everybody's everybody's good. Uh, my mom lost her fence in the backyard. That was about it. Some trees in the pool. Some trees out front or down. You know that's that's minor stuff. Um, but she was all boarded up and everything. But she was fine. That was my major concern. Uh, my girlfriend was in um, actually in Daytona with her family, um, so she was fine. They were good. Um, uh, but my main concern was my mom because she was with she's with my uncle. But um, you know it, it's she's all I got. So you know I was definitely concerned about her. 
Um, but like I said, she's fine. They didn't lose power. You know, uh, luckily, you know, didn't. I mean, they were very prepared and everybody was prepared. Uh, but all my family and friends were pretty good. Just some trees down, you know, no flooding or anything. So that's good news. Well, mm -hmm. appreciating. Congratulations once again. Thank you very much. Here's what's on tap. Well, here's what is on tap. Fan Appreciation Day is on the calendar for Wednesday, and three Brewers players are getting an early jump on that initiative with a special offer for fans for the Thursday game. That's the home finale. It's a 3-10 start. The Brewers, Corey Knable, Ryan Braun, and Hernan Perez all purchased $2,500 tickets apiece to give away free to fans. The complimentary tickets are going to be available online only beginning at 9 a.m. Wednesday morning at brewers.com slash players. There will be a four ticket limit per order and tickets will be available on a strictly first come first serve basis there will be a three dollar per order processing charge tickets will be delivered electronically to fans at approximately 9 a.m on thursday morning how cool is that those guys getting in on the action trying to get a bunch of fans out here to the ballpark for that home finale lot on the line right now for the crew all right that's going to do it for us at episode number 101 of brewers on tap thank you for joining us hopefully we're with you next week Hopefully the season's continuing as the Brewers continuing to make that push towards the Major League Baseball postseason. Have a good one, everybody. I'm Lane Brewers, 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 Brewers.